week's episode of the top five report the podcast that lives its life on one simple philosophy up down up down left right left right ba start my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here hey man (laughs) um how's your week been uh pretty crazy it's uh work's been really busy which is good but um yeah otherwise i haven't um haven't done a lot of like crazy stuff in my free time. Haven't watched or read a lot or done anything super exciting. How about you? Anything cool um, going on with you recently? Um, yeah, I'm my life is absolutely crazy right now. But I was thinking about this, you know, in the realm of covid, I, I really wish we could go back to when everyone couldn't leave their house. And it was awesome. Um, and I know <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know people are like, what? I didn't like being trapped in my house. Let me tell you this. When COVID was going on, there was no traffic. Now there's traffic again, and it's like, where do people all come from? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Yes, I I am joking. We need to get back to how our lives were. Um, Total joke. I'm not being dead serious. But let me tell you, having those open roads was pretty nice for a while there. It's a a double-edged sword because I – I, I'm more of a introverted leaning person where like I'm if I can't lie and say I didn't enjoy the aspect of just working from home this whole time. But no, we do need to get things, you know, opened up and back to normal in a safe manner. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a double edged sword. You know, you want everything to go back to normal. But at the same time, I love working in my pajamas every day and being at home. So it's just uh, yeah, <laughs> double edged sword. Right. Right. Well, um, let's jump on the show like we usually do. Um, uh, So what are we watching? What are we reading, man? You said you didn't get a lot. So what do you got for me? Yeah. So um, since watching uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I've been kind of slowly trying to work my way through the um, I don't know. It's this new Godzilla Warner Brothers verse called. Is it the the monster verse or uh, yes, it's being called the monster verse right now. Yeah. Well, I guess I've been which, slowly working. Which that sounds hard. like that sounds like what Universal wanted when they started to reboot their uh, <laughs> Universal monsters. But um, absolutely, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, go ahead. I mean, monsters and universe is in that name, so you'd think they'd have claim over it. But uh, no, I've kind of been slowly starting uh, to work my way through those movies because, like I mentioned on a recent episode, uh, the 2014 Godzilla was the only one that I'd actually watched the uh, whole way through up until now. Um, So I watched Kong Skull Island and I'm about I'm about halfway through um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. I had to stop that the other night. But uh, what I can say is Kong Skull Island is badass. Like I loved this movie Um, and it's not seen Kong Skull Skull Island (laughs) yet. Yeah, I hadn't like I realized while watching it, I had seen parts, but I never actually gave it the full 
watched through until now. So, um, yeah, I just I think it's kind of funny because I think I just really like the uh, story of King Kong, you know, about this like group of people going on an expedition to Skull Island and encountering like a bunch of crazy uh, beasts and scenarios and Obviously, like King Kong is the mightiest of those like crazy creatures they they uh, encounter. But I think that sort of template for a story is just like a really cool adventure scenario that I really enjoy because, you know, I like a lot of the old King Kong movies. I liked the uh, Peter Jackson movie a lot. And this one was really great. But this one just felt so much more extreme than even the Peter Peter Jackson version, like the monsters were bigger. Everything was crazier. It was like super gory. It almost felt like it was the sort of really extreme 90s style, like image comics version of King Kong. But uh, no, I just thought overall it was a really badass adventure story. And that that kaiju fight at the end was just so just so awesome. And I loved that it was in broad daylight so you could see all the gory details and stuff. So I really loved that. Um, like I said, I only made it about halfway through Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, which, um, I, I, I've been enjoying, but I think, uh, it's one of those things where I ended up having to, like, I went to the other room to get to grab a drink or something while the movie was playing. And I missed like, half of a scene and when i came back i had no idea what was going on so i think while that movie i was enjoying a lot i think it's a lot more fast moving <laughs> and a lot more convoluted than i was expecting which is fine because this is a monster verse and you know we're i i went in expecting convoluted sci-fi awesomeness but it was just like way more convoluted than i was expecting so i need to give that one a rewatch but so far i've been enjoying that quite a bit um and Drew, I don't know if you have any comments on those two movies so far, or if I could just move into the the rest of my watching and reading. Well, I yeah. So real quick, Godzilla versus Godzilla King of the Monsters. That one, um, I it's really funny because I totally felt um, I totally felt that uh, they ran out of money, so I felt like the movie ended very. <laughs> it felt like the movie ended very abruptly, and I thought it was weird, but. It's I mean, it's, it's fine for what it is. I was just like, that's an odd choice. All right. Um, <laughs> um, but that's OK. Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie uh, Kong Skull Island. I absolutely loved the movie. Um, and the only the only criticism I had was when you see them getting on the helicopters and going into the storm that takes them to Skull Island. Um, there's no way that many helicopters fit on the boat. So it was <laughs> ultimately the helicopter equivalent to overshooting a gun without reloading. It was crazy. I was like, that's a lot of helicopters. Where'd those all fit on the boat? Yeah. They show the pan shot and there's like two helicopters on the deck, but you see like 16 flying into the storm. Yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, it's like the clown car of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. naval uh, vessels or however you want to phrase it. But ultimately Kong Skull Island, I loved, um, and I even loved like the end sequence. like, and it was weird. Like I even loved the sequence when, uh, John C. Riley gets to go home and see his family after all that time too. So, um, it was, just yeah, the, I wasn't expecting that. Like that was a really beautiful touch at the end. I really I know, wasn't was, expecting that at all. It was really good. And it was, it seemed more gritty than all the other, uh, uh, monster films in that genre. But yeah, anyway, continue. Um, yeah, more gritty, but also more heartfelt, um, you know, and the scene we just mentioned, it definitely goes, uh, 
to prove that point. But um, otherwise, I've watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and um, I also watched a really cool trailer that we'll probably talk about in a bit. Um, <laughs> enough you if you watched anything before you wanted to jump into that stuff, though. Um, well, so we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we have a trailer we need to discuss. So um, I can. Is that all you had left? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's all I've watched <laughs> this week. So okay. Um, so I watched a couple things. Um, so I continued watching Mighty Ducks. That show continues to be awesome. Um, so I highly recommend everyone go to Disney Plus and check out the new Mighty Ducks show. It continues to amaze me. Um, the kid, when you watch the first episode, the kid who is the podcaster kid that joins the team, he's probably yeah. my favorite kid of the group. Not because he's a podcaster, but because um, he gets literally all the best lines of dialogue. <laughs> um, <laughs> he literally gets the best lines of dialogue and his delivery is astounding. Um, but no, he's probably my favorite character of the group. And I really like where they're going um, with the story. Um, so yeah, everyone needs to watch, uh, the new mighty ducks. And then, um, obviously I watched Falcon, the Winter soldier. I watched this trailer. We're going to talk about momentarily. Um, apparently as we're talking, the trailer for fast nine just dropped. Um, I'm not going to play it on air because that's how people get taken off the internet nowadays. So I'm going to be checking that out after we stop recording. Yeah, uh, I, I hate when podcasts play trailers on air, by well, the way. I don't like when they <laughs> so. play trailers sometimes because sometimes, like, if I've seen the trailer, when other podcasts do that, I've seen the trailer and they're discussing it beat by beat. It's cool because we're talking about maybe some background stuff that I didn't catch or whatever. But nowadays, a lot of people are like, they'll play the trailer, they'll actually play it. And their podcasts are being taken down because of copyright craziness. So, yeah, I just uh, don't like I feel like a lot of times when podcasts do that. And I mean, we're not the show to be like really critical of people. That's not what I mean by this at all. I just think that uh, sometimes just there's so much dead air when you're just like listening to people watch something, you know, and that's uh, that's why I get uh, a little impatient with it. But um, but yeah, what were you saying? Uh, um Fast so nine. I, I don't know if oh. there's any other news about the trailer. No, and before we jump on the trailer stuff, because my my week's been absolutely crazy busy. Um, um, I'm on this like crazy Aaron Sorkin like kick for some reason. I don't know what it is. Um, I had this like inkling that I was gonna rewatch Newsroom. I was just in, I just was looking for a show like that, and there's really no other show than Newsroom to watch like that. So. Um, I started, I rewatched newsroom, had a lot of fun doing it. And then I was like, you know, Aaron Sorkin did that show sports night back in the nineties, um, which I really liked, which essentially was the newsroom, but it was about sports broadcasting. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like he did sport, he did the news, he did sports night. And then he used that to kind of teach himself how to do a proper news show and then did newsroom. So I looked it up and uh, sports night is on Amazon. So I watched the two seasons that are there. It's like it's two seasons, but it's like 40 some episodes total. I had a lot of fun watching it, um, especially because it was done in 1999 and the year 2000. So that was the that was the uh, break. The um, what was what's cool about that is that the uh, because it's 99 to 2000, you actually get to see them deal with like the Y2K problem, for example. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the other news stuff that happened at that time. And it was just really interesting to watch. Um, but because I was on an Aaron Sorkin kick, as soon as that ended, I was like, um, I'm going to watch the West Wing now. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally like watching all this like Aaron Sorkin stuff. I don't know what put me on it, but I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> watching all these That's old awesome. Um, 
But I did watch, um, and I did watch this one thing. I'm going to kind of promote another podcast. They don't know if they're getting the shout out, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I've mentioned that I'm a big fan of Critical Role. Um, Mm -hmm. So those people over there at the Critical Role Network or whatever, they did a Diablo one shot on their series. So it's basically a group of them playing Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a Diablo one shot. So it's as if it's the game video game Diablo. And it is absolutely hilarious. It's like a two hour sit. So it's like it's like a quick it's a quick episode. Um, and I it, I laughed all the way through it. It's so brilliantly put together. So if you like the video game Diablo, you like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you should totally check it out just because it's hilarious. Um, nice. So, yeah. All right. Um, enough about all that nonsense. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, what do you think? Um, well, I was actually thinking about uh, this new episode, and I feel like last week I was a little bit maybe harsh on Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I guess there's just certain scenes where I'm kind of I find myself like I keep waiting to get to the next scene. You know, I'm waiting for them to like get to the point, and I feel like even though I've been a little bit impatient with that, I feel like maybe I was a little bit too harsh about it last week. Um, that being said, I thought this episode was overall pretty great. Um, my favorite, uh, my favorite part of it was honestly the, um, the stuff going on with this new captain America. Um, I think, uh, I don't know something about how, and I could be wrong. Like I could have looked away from the TV and not noticed, but they didn't show him, like they show him take a uh, vial of uh, spoilers, uh, super, uh, super serum like they they show him take one off of the floor. But they didn't um, they didn't actually show him on screen. Take the serum. Correct. They did not. And I thought that was really cool. And like it's almost like it's not revealed until after um, his partner uh ends up dying spoilers again. And I can't remember. I'm my apologies. I'm kind of bad with names with this show. Um, uh, uh, His partner would be black star. Okay. Oh, black star. Okay. And then uh, the new captain America, his last name's Walker, right? I can't John, John Walker, John John Walker. Or if you know the comic books, he will become us agent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've actually uh, heard people talking about that, but uh, no, I think that they, the fact that they didn't show it on screen, I actually loved that because it was, I love when shows do stuff like that where they don't spell things out for you. And, you know, ever since you see him take that vial of uh, super soldier serum, you're kind of wondering, you know, has he taken it? You know, what's he going to do? And I thought it was just a really dramatic, uh, really cool way to reveal that. Um, Otherwise, I mean, it was a solid episode. Uh, The fight scenes were really great. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on it, Drew? So, um, First off, yes, I agree with you seeing that having that happen off screen because him questioning him finding the vial and then him questioning taking the vial and not sure what he's going to do about it. And then he gets his ass beat by the Wakandans, which was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. But what I loved about that scene was when they're just like he's like, "Ah, they don't have jurisdiction here. Who cares? And they're like, dude, they have jurisdiction wherever they go. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, he doesn't know he's not a part of this world. He doesn't listen. He's too like he's too arrogant. He's He's too like. I'm better than everybody, but he doesn't, he needs to like, if you're going to be Captain America, you need to know your, pl- you not understanding needs to know your place in this world and not because you're Captain America, but because you don't know what's been going on for the past 23 films. <laughs> um, there's this whole universe that you're now a part of. And, uh, yeah. and that's, and I loved it when, uh, he just got destroyed and he's like, I, he's like, they weren't even super soldiers. I couldn't even take him. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, because well, I, I, I do like the Well, sorry, I just wanted to interject because I do like that. They made him like he's this multiple like uh metal winning like a uh, soldier like he is kind of like this best of the best um sort of uh you know soldier that they chose to uh fill the fat or fill the uh captain america role and i just thought that was kind of like he doesn't know that he doesn't know about this new sort of superhero universe that he's been thrust into so his arrogance yeah, he shouldn't be so arrogant, but I also think it's kind of a nice touch for uh, his character. Um, no, it is. I don't know. It is. It's brilliantly put together, and him as an actor is doing such a great job, like, playing this role. So, you know, and you're not supposed to like him. You know what I mean? And that's and he's doing it the way he's supposed to do it. Um, yeah, but, but that's the thing is I think because I know I'm not supposed to like him, I do like him. Like, I, I know that yeah. this actor has gotten some hate for the role and stuff, but I'm actually really enjoying this portrayal because it's uh, it's nuanced and because it's uh, it's interesting. You know, like you're trying to figure out the guy's motivations. You're trying to figure out how to feel about the guy. And it's kind of, uh, you know, it makes it more of an active uh, watching experience. Yeah. But um uh, yeah. What else did you think about the episode? Anything well, else I, specific you wanted to mention? Agreed to all that. Um, again, the fight scenes are fantastic. Um, they're really, uh, this was, the show just keeps getting better and better. And, um, I loved watching, I, I loved that thing where you found out the Wakandans can like basically disarm Bucky, if you will, a pun, pun intended, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, just completely disarm him. Like, he's just like, well, what? I didn't know they could do that. Um, I, I absolutely loved that part of it. Um, it's I, you know, they're doing a lot where like Sam's not in the Falcon costume for a, a large chunk of the time, which is okay. But I always like seeing them back in their superhero costumes. Um, and we got a lot, we got a good chunk of that this time. And then the scene where the new cap beats that guy set, like kills that guy with the shield. And mm-hmm. it was incredibly uncomfortable to watch. It was very unsettling. It was very, um, a gut wrenching scene and watching all the people like film it and everything, you know, he's supposed to be the symbol of hope and, you know, he's supposed to be captain America and all this stuff. And he just kind of set a message and a tone and that's going to have repercussions. And I can't wait to see how that plays out. But that scene was so powerful and I was not expecting the episode to end that way. So, so good. And, yeah, and, and uh, uh, speaking of that scene, just uh, I want to interject like that last shot that that that's that like upward looking shot at him. And he's just standing there with the bloody shield like that was beautiful. That could be like, you know, that could be a comic book cover, a, spl- a splash page. That was such a powerful moment. I know. And then um, and then the only other thing I have is Marvel. You've taught us to sit through the credits. So give us something at the end of the credits, will you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep doing that, too. And then and after I'm, like five minutes of credits, I'll fast forward and I'm like, I, is it worth waiting or not? I stop watching the credits when Disney Plus tells me to watch something else. Like it comes up with that screen like yeah. this. That's when I stop watching the credits. But Marvel, you got to like you taught us to watch credits. So I'm hanging in for the long haul <laughs> on, these, on these like long credits you got because there's a lot of yeah. credits in these shows. Um Anyway, that's all my thoughts for Falcon Winter Soldier. We only got two more episodes left. I cannot wait to see how they play out. Um, it's crazy how fast these series go. Um, and yeah. then just one more thing I was thinking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because so this episode 
a big like focus of it was about the super soldier serum and is uh, this new Captain America going to take the serum? And it's kind of this weird thing when they first revealed this character. I never would have thought it would have been just a normal guy in a Captain America suit. Like, obviously, he's like a really well-trained soldier and stuff, and he's got his credit. But but he's like he's also a normal mortal human. And for some reason, I just I thought they would have enhanced him somehow. Like maybe he would have had some other serum or some sort of like biomechanical enhancement or something. And I was kind of like, obviously they don't make, they don't reveal anything like that early on, but I was kind of waiting. I thought we were going to get like this weird origin store, you know, origin episode for this character. And, uh, the fact that he was a normal person who, uh, had to find his own super soldier serum to, uh, beef up. Like, I think that's kind of crazy, but it's kind of like, it's kind of a weird poignant, like subtle commentary on like, maybe the U S government or government government in general, like jumping into things without having thought everything through and stuff. And I just thought that was a really interesting touch. Um, I don't know. I might be the only one who, uh, didn't realize that. So I'm, I'm not really sure about that one. I just thought I'd share that thought. No, I, uh, that's awesome. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I just, I can't wait for more of this show and I hope we get more Sharon Carter too, just because I really like her first off. I really like her character. I liked her character a lot reading through like the winter soldier story arcs in the comic books, like when Ed Brubaker was in charge and things. Um, and I really like Emily Van Camp as an actor. Like I liked her in Revenge, so it made me watch other stuff that she was in. And now she's a part of the Marvel universe and I'm like, just give me more of it. So I can't wait to see what they're doing with that, with these final two episodes. And I honestly wonder if we're going to get a Steve Rogers cameo at the end of this show. Um, Like that'll be their Luke Skywalker moment. Who knows? We had talk about how he was supposed to come back as cap, but none of it's apparently quote unquote been confirmed. So I don't know if that's a rumor, what, who knows, but I think it'd be awesome to see a Steve Rogers cameo at the end of the show. So, Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, uh-huh. we just gotta. We're just expecting great cameos at the end of every show. So you hear that? Yep. Disney? <laughs> you yep. better you, deliver. You, you spoiled us with Luke Skywalker. Now we want it all. <laughs> you spoiled us with Luke Skywalker, and then someone gave us a Snyder cut. And now we just we can't rest until we get everything. Absolutely. Okay. Um, speaking of Zack Snyder, let's segue into a trailer that dropped this week. Um, the trailer for the Army of the Dead, and this will be a nice segue into the news. Um, yes. So uh, the Army of the Dead trailer came out. Holy crap. Does this movie look incredible? Peter, give me your first thoughts just on this trailer alone. So this trailer. So the last trailer was kind of a montage of a bunch of like action scene snippets and a couple zombie things. And I think this trailer really uh, kind of laid out the plot of the movie a lot, uh, a lot more than I expected. Um, And it's it's kind of showing that. I don't know if I can say for sure, but I'm assuming after this trailer that uh, Batista's character is going to be kind of um, one of the main focuses of the movie. Like they're making it seem like he's the main character, but um, they lay out the uh, the heist aspect a little bit. And uh, it's kind of funny because they don't really I feel like they don't overly explain anything because it's still uh, there's still this aspect where you see the team kind of in the midst of the hype or of the heist. And uh, all of a sudden there's a ton of zombies. Oh no, what do we do with all these zombies here all of a sudden? And it's kind of like a, 
what I'm gathering from it is there has been a zombie outbreak and it's all been contained in side of Las Vegas, which is kind of, and which is kind of what we got from the descriptions of the movie. But I didn't know that it, it seems like it's almost literally only in Las Vegas besides maybe a couple outlying zombies or maybe they have small outbreaks here or there. There's also a line in the trailer where Batista says, um, you have to remember how many people we saved. Um, which made me think that the zombie apocalypse had been contained and they sh- got them all quarantined into Vegas. Yeah. Which, which I think it, which one of the things I think is interesting is that Zack Snyder made Dawn of the Dead, um, uh, the movie. And it makes me wonder if, what if Dawn of the Dead is the actual prequel to this film? <laughs> if you, oh, man. You know what I mean? And like, there's going to be so many YouTube videos about this. (laughs) Well, and I might be the first person to say it too, but think about it in Zack Snyder's own headcanon. He did the Dawn of the Dead remake. And then years later, he makes Army of the Dead because why not? They got it contained. So now we're going to go because the zombies seem to be very reminiscent of what they were in Dawn of the Dead. And Zack Snyder was in charge of that. So I'm just I'm just kind of thinking, you know what I mean? It's all speculation. It's all fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the trailer just—I was—I loved the song choice for the trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one, for sure. All like the montage and just stuff before you actually found out what was going on. Um, but wow, does this move like I was grinning from ear to ear all the way through that trailer. Like this looks so, like so so much fun. And then when they brought up the zombie tiger and the guys like, dude, that's crossing a line. Having that line of dialogue, that's just so funny because you're just like, yeah, of course it is because it's ridiculous and it's a zombie film and it should be ridiculous and we should just be having some fun. And it's amazing. And I so when, when they review. Oh, sorry. What were you no, saying? May 21st can't come fast enough. So. Oh, absolutely. When they revealed the zombie tiger, did you make the uh, Siegfried and Roy uh, connection in your head? I did. Yeah. So, OK, I didn't think of that until the. Second, so I've watched the trailer twice, and it wasn't until the second time that I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! That's definitely Siegfried and Roy's tiger." And um, no, I just visually this movie looks awesome. I really like the uh, they focused on the the tiger, and there's a couple other zombies. Like they have this sort of um, like showgirl looking zombie that's kind of the first one they encounter, and then of course there's an Elvis zombie as well, well because gotta, it's gotta have, Vegas you gotta have and one because it's Vegas. So um, ab- well, absolutely. But I love that uh, Vegas is a obviously a city with such character, and I love that that's reflected even on the zombies and stuff in this movie. But uh, yeah. I'm kind of with you. It just it just looks really fun, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Well, I don't have too much more to say about the trailer, but I will say that uh, Zack Snyder did an interview with IGN and in said interview, he said that the Army of the Dead will not need a Snyder cut. Um, This (laughs) is this is the movie. There are no other cuts of the Army of the Dead. I didn't have to fight with Netflix. This is the director's cut. You are going to see it first. You don't have to see the bastardized version of the film first. There is just the awesome version. Um, So. Just awesome. I can't. I'm, just, I'm so excited for it. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's segue right into news because that's, you know, that's just from that interview to go here. Um, so, like I said, we don't have I, what I told you before we started recording. We don't have a lot of news. Uh, since, so since we're on Zack Snyder, I have one piece of uh, Snyder cut news um, that I thought was really interesting. Um, this popped up in my uh, exchangegram or Instagram feeds, if you will. 
Um, I call it exchange a because it's a reference to uh, the movie The Internship with Vince Vaughn, which I just love that scene when he called it exchange a <laughs> Anyway. It's a uh, deep cut. It is a deep cut. Well, no, there, there's a scene where they're trying to create an app for Google, and Vince Vaughn starts describing Instagram, and someone goes, no, 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 they have that. It's called Instagram. He's like, yeah, but mine's better. It's called exchange a and this is how it works. <laughs> 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 and I always thought it was funny. So every time I call it exchange gram, someone looks at me like I'm a moron. I'm like, okay, you didn't see the movie. <laughs> um, at any rate, so uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, if you watch Batman vs. Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League back to back, you will find out that in Batman vs. Superman, Superman dies at 2 hours, 38 minutes, and 57 seconds. Okay. And in the Snyder cut of Justice League, Superman is resurrected at 2 hours, 38 minutes, and 57 seconds. Wow. <laughs> um, I just thought that's that it's, insane. The, it's the exact same time code. I thought that was amazing that that plays like that. Um, so, yeah, um, just wanted to I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was awesome. All right. So since we're in the superhero world and since we're on DC stuff, um, Michael Keaton is supposed to play Batman in um, the Flash film. OK. Yes. Uh, he was first announced to be returning to the DC Universe last June with Tim Burton's uh, Batman set up uh, set to suit up for the first time in 30 years to play what was described as a substantial supporting role in the flash. However, the actor, Michael Keaton, has um, a jam packed schedule and covid concerns in terms of shooting. So there's still so it's not 100 percent confirmed that Keaton will be playing Batman if Keaton cannot. They are currently talking to Christian Bale to step in the role. So whether we get so the way I look at it is this. I would love to see Michael Keaton come back because he is Batman. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can all say we have a favorite Batman, but it all hinges on the fact that if that Tim Burton movie didn't exist, we don't get Endgame like we do. Um, so uh, I look at it going, I want to see Michael Keaton Batman again. But if we don't get him, we're going to get Christian Bale Batman, it looks like. So I look at it as either way works for me. So, <laughs> well, I honestly thought for a second that you were going to say they were in talks with George Clooney. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. But, um, no, uh, Christian Bale's definitely a more badass choice. Um, no, I think it's win-win either way. Like I would rather see, um, Michael Keaton just to get those, uh, I guess, nostalgia endorphins a buzzing. But I mean, Christian Bale is definitely was definitely a great Batman, so I wouldn't mind yeah. him to make an appearance as well. So, yeah. Well, um, in other DC news, we're going to actually talk comic book news for a change, um, because I thought this was a big comic book uh, thing that hit my uh, uh, news feed when I was looking for stuff for tonight's show. Um, Green Lantern in the Green Lantern comic. Now I'm talking comic book levels, so we're not talking animation. We're not talking television shows. We're not talking movies. We're talking comic books. <laughs> it, I just wanted to clarify that. So this is from the Snyder cut, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, let's, let's make this clear real quick before someone goes Green Lantern. What's going on? Um, in the Green Lantern comic books, there was a villain known as the Black Lantern. Um, he is one of the, uh, most feared, um, he is one of the uh, biggest. Um, let's see, um, the Black Lantern or the Black Lanterns are literally one of the worst um, villains. Worst as in good. Like they're probably one of the like scariest villains that ever appeared in the DC mm -hmm. universe. Um, and it looks like the and they were completely wiped out. 
Uh, they were defeated and wiped out, whatever. And it looks like there's a chance that they could be returning. Um, they have teased that there is a new Black Lantern. Now, one Black Lantern spawns all the rest. Um, and it looks like uh, in, in the realm of them being one of the greatest threats, uh, it looks like they'll be returning in the uh, pages of the new big DC event called Infinite Frontier. Um, but that just sounds awesome to be bringing back the Black Lantern. So you had me at black lanterns. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I honestly, I'm looking forward to reading it, but we don't talk about news like that a lot. So I just figured I'd bring it up. Nice. Was this a, uh, sort of a preview or was this hinted in a comic book issue? Well, I was just scrolling. No, I, I haven't, I'm behind in my comics. So, yeah. but, I, but I do keep up on with news because even if I get some little story hints or whatever, kind of like a, a, of a trailer, if you will, if I read an article and talks about some story hints, I can still go, Ooh, that sounds interesting. I want to read that. And I kind of flag it for myself to read when I get caught up to that part you know what i mean so um i was like oh infinite frontier this sounds interesting and then they started talking about the black lantern i was like wait what yeah you know, well, I, I, loved, I loved blackest night and what they did with that so um yeah yeah um i just was uh i was curious i didn't know if they were hinting at that at this like within the panels or dialogue of the you know one of the green lantern comic books currently or if this was just kind of an announcement either way uh like you said definitely really cool and something to look forward to yeah um so yeah i'm excited so we'll see i'll talk about it when i finally get to read it but i'm behind (laughs) trying to catch up um all right. So real quick, uh, Indiana Jones five. Uh, first off, uh, we haven't heard a lot of news about this, but we know an Indiana Jones five is coming. John Williams is officially going to score the, sh- uh, uh, do the score for the film. Cool. Think you can't do it with anyone else. Um, but I know John Williams is starting to get to that age limit. So we don't know how many more movies we're going to get with him. Uh, but mm-hmm. awesome. Other Indiana Jones five, uh, news, uh, Phoebe Waller bridge. Um, will be joining the cast as the lead female. Um, so that's awesome. She's a fantastic actress. And she, um, uh, you probably know her from her Amazon show, um, but she uh, she's also the voice of uh, L3 on the Han, in the Han Solo film. Um, oh, okay. But apparently she's going to be, uh, her, her Amazon show Fleabag, um, which won tons of Emmys and, oh, right, right, and stuff yeah. like that. But she uh, is going to be joining the cast. So awesome. I don't know. There's no news of what she is. It's just she's officially been uh, cast for the film. That's cool. I could um, see her. Um, I could see her fitting into an Indiana Jones film in some capacity. So, yeah. Um, speaking of casts, um, we get our first look at the cast of CW's live action Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a story that I haven't really looked too far into. I've seen a couple of the sort of uh, set photos that have been being shared around. I've seen a lot of complaints about it. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to the story. Like, I don't know that I think it looks that bad. Um, and like, I mean, I love Riverdale and uh, some of the other CW shows. So I might even watch this, but uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts, my thoughts on a live action Powerpuff Girls are the following. Why not? But how do we do Mojo Jojo? (laughs) Um, That's the first question that goes to my head is how do we do that live action? (laughs) I mean, they Uh, did King Shark on the Flash. So I I know. I I know. 
I I know, so I don't see why I don't know why I should be questioning it, but it still made me go. That's going to be an interesting dynamic for uh, um, the CW. So we'll see how it plays out. But your cast will be Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield uh, will be playing Blossom, uh, Dove Cameron from Disney Fame will be playing uh, Bubbles, and Yana Peralt, who I don't actually know anything about her, will be Buttercup. Uh, but that is your cast for the live action Powerpuff Girls. So. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's Powerpuff Girls is weird because it's a very, very cartoony show. Um, And obviously, like super cartoony, exaggerated stuff is very imaginative and transferring that to live action. I don't know how you would ever do that in a way that everybody's happy with. But um, I don't know. I'll check this one out when it comes out. I'm not (laughs) I'm not going to hate on anything before I actually see that pilot pilot episode, though. Right. Well, uh, one more piece of news for you, and then we'll move on to our list for the night. Um, Netflix is teaming with Kong Skull Island director Jordan Von Roberts and the studio behind Godzilla vs. King Kong to make a live-action Gundam movie. Yeah, so this is another one that I saw a little bit of buzz about online, but I don't know any details about it. Are there any others, or is it just kind of... Well, aside from that, I don't know know any more details either. However, I will say this. When I saw Gundam Wing in Ready Player One, my first thought was, ah, that movie's coming soon. That's a that's a good point. Um, um, so and that's something I thought of when I saw Ready Player One. I'm like, that'll be a movie soon because we're seeing live action Gundam right now. So just a thought. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Gundam is like Gundam's pretty cool. I've never been a like hardcore fan, but I watched some of uh, Gundam, Gundam Wing back in the day. It's one of those things that the hardcore fans probably aren't going to be happy no matter what you do, just because it's a. Uh, American movie studio, you know, adapting an anime, but I don't know. It's kind of, it's the same thing. I'll wait and see what comes of this, you know, (laughs) I don't know your thoughts, but I'm, I'm cautiously excited, I guess. Well, um, I don't, I'm not the biggest Gundam wing fan, but the live action, I really liked how they handled the live action, uh, ghost in the shell. So in terms of adapting anime to live action, um, I'm kind of excited to see how they pull it off because Alito was cool. Ghost in the Shell was good. Um, this could get us a one step closer to getting the live action Akira. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and I have mixed feelings about live action Akira in general, but um, no, I think um, Alita and uh, Ghost in the Shell were actually really good pulls to kind of further your point that like we should be open minded to the- open-minded to this but uh, at the same time it is netflix and they did the the live action death note which i personally liked but it's honestly nothing compared to the actual death note series so it's like i said it's one of those things the fans are probably going to complain no matter what you do so yeah (laughs) because that's the internet these days so Mm -hmm. um well, that's it for the news, man. So are you ready to move on and play our game like we usually do every week? <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. All right, Ryan. Well, it is list time. So do it. Do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, Pete, here we go. So the list this week, if you were not if you missed last week or uh, just catching up and decided to jump in and see what we're talking about. Um, this week, um, I kind of 
I've been holding this list in my back pocket for a while, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the games a little bit, but I really was thinking about the characters. Um, so we're talking about our favorite video game characters. Um, and I was I always think about I always think about this stuff as a store on a storytelling level. I get really, really really invested in storytelling when it comes to video games. Um, not only aside from us getting to, I guess, quote unquote, live in said video game worlds. Um, some of these video games, you're, you're the storytelling in these games is no, is just as compelling as some of the movies or television shows that you watch. Sometimes the video game stories are more compelling and they're more engaging. And, um, and every time I hear someone like, talk down to video games, I'm always like, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's clear that you don't know what you're talking about. So we're not going to talk anymore. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just, I've been thinking about this and there's so many characters that we've had fun dealing with um, throughout, uh, or I've had fun dealing with throughout my video game experience that I thought this would be really cool to um, talk about because you get invested with these characters sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listening to you say that, I feel like your list is going to be a lot different than mine. Um, I actually had a really hard time with this list, and uh, there's a couple factors that go into it. But one of the biggest factors is I don't play a ton of video games at this point in my life. So a lot of the games that I really connected with are a little bit older. And uh, when you go back into a lot of the games that I grew up with, a lot of them are less um, story based. Like I was, uh, you know, I I've always liked uh, platformers and more like arcade style games and stuff quite a bit. And some of those are my favorite characters. Um, like my favorite game series of all time is honestly the Tony Hawk pro skater games. Um, I know there's, you know, there's the skate games and there's more realistic skateboarding and extreme sports games that have came out since then. But I actually do like the exaggerated arcade esque sort of controls of uh, the Tony Hawk's pro skater games and how it's easy to do an ollie and a grind. And there's kind of a comfort level there for me where I just love going back to those games. But with that being said, every character in Tony Hawk is an actual person <laughs> like they're all based off of real professional skateboarders. So I can't pick up anyone for my favorite uh, gaming uh, uh, franchise. But then I started to look at like, what other games do I like? And a lot of the games that I really love are actually super old, like arcade games. And at that same point, a lot of them, the characters aren't really that <laughs> great. You know, a lot of them, um, a lot of them, it's like, you know, like nobody's going to say like, I'm the, I, my favorite character is, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like my favorite character is like the tiny little ship in this game that shoots other ships. Like that doesn't make sense, you know? Um, right. but, uh, so I did find myself going to some weird places for this list, but, uh, I, it was a, a really fun list to put together overall. I just kind of had a harder time with it than I expected, but, um, yeah, that's probably well, I just, all I have to say. That means we're it. probably not, that means we're probably not going to match at all. Um, we, there's, there's a few that I think we might, but overall, I don't think we will. Um, like, like when I say invested in the story, for example, uh, yes, there is a gameplay aspect that you get invested in, but like, uh, and I'm, I'm going to, I'll spoil this right now. Um, there are no kingdom hearts characters on my list. However, um, over like Thanksgiving break and stuff in my downtime, I 
started playing Kingdom Hearts 1 because I hadn't played it in a really long time, got so invested that I ended up replaying the entire series over the course of the end of 2020. Um, and it was like every ounce of downtime, I was like, next game, next game, next game, and just reliving the story itself and just got so invested. So that's what I mean when I like think about these, like when I was like thinking about this list, I just was focusing on the story stuff. So Absolutely. Uh, and I, I guess I can clarify too, like all of my characters um, that I picked, I did try to focus on, there had to be at least like a personality aspect or like just a really cool concept uh, regarding the character overall. Like I didn't pick like characters that just looked cool or something like that. So that's kind of what I was getting at. I just had a harder time compiling it all than I gotcha. had a feeling I was. Well, but uh, there's, there's never a wrong way to play our game. So how about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if that's always true, but uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, so uh, it was my pick. So what do you got for your first honorable mention? If you have any. Yeah, I have two of them. So the first one I wanted to pick, which Drew, I think you I think you might have played this game before. I picked uh, Overlord, um, which I had on Xbox 360. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the reason I knew this is because I remember buying an Xbox 360 and uh, our brother, Sean, who's also been on. He was on the Dragons episode of the show, but he suggested that I try this game. He's like, oh, you, you'll probably think this is cool. And the game is basically about this guy who's like this armored badass in this like medieval fantasy, high fantasy world who's uh, controlling a little army of like goblins that he can uh, send around and uh, destroy different monsters and stuff. And it's it's just that it's one of those cool like medieval worlds with uh, side quests and all that. But I just always loved the concept. Like, I think being a character who's overseeing a little army of like gremlin like goblins is such like a cool concept and a cool idea for a game that you don't see uh you know, you don't see people tackle that kind of gameplay very often. So that's why I picked this uh, this character. But with that being said, like, I don't think Overlord is a very deep character. I didn't relate to him on an on an emotional level. I just think he's really cool <laughs> sort sure. of thing. So, no, I hear you there. This is um. so that's cool. No, yeah, I just never played. I never played Overlord. I just kind of I, I watched some of the video clips. I just never got a chance to try it out. But oh. I agree with you in terms of the concept and stuff. But what well, well, I think um, I think Sean told me that you told him about playing it. But maybe he just I don't I don't know what actually happened. But uh, that's why I thought you might have played it. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I never got a chance to play it. And there's a I, I probably got a chance to like demo it or something like somewhere and was like, dude, you should check this game out. But um, yeah, I don't I never got a chance to really put like legit time into it. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, all right. So my first honorable mention and this makes honorable mention only because it doesn't count. But I have to bring it up because so many games because gaming has heavily changed over the course of the years. Um, so many games require you to create your own character. And you go on an adventure and they because they want to be as immersive as possible and everyone to have their own unique experience. So that being said, my first honorable mention is me. Um, um, and that's simply because I can't put a name to any of my characters. I can't count them out as a character. So because and I wanted to throw that out, saying some of these games that get so immersive and like in depth, in depth storytelling are games that literally you're the main character. So. Uh, me or you are is my first honorable mention. And like I said, it doesn't make the actual cut. But yeah, so 
So this one, I think, like I said, it's a cheat, but that's my reasoning (laughs) as to why. It's both an awesome pick, but also a total cop out. Um, I did think of a couple ideas along these lines. I just didn't actually use it um, for my pick. I actually had a there is a moment where uh, there is a friend group that I had that uh, I didn't know them super well. But uh, after hanging out with this group a couple times, I found out that they made a uh, version of me in uh, their rock band game. And uh, it was really weird (laughs) because I was like, I hardly know you. And you've made this like rock band version of me that has really good stats and apparel and stuff. So obviously you've been playing him a lot. Um, But no, I did. I did think of that concept and I think it's uh, it's really funny. But um, yeah, I guess I can jump into my next pick. All right. Yeah, go ahead, man. Um, Okay, so my next one and this one is uh, very vague and very weird, but I went with Pac-Man and um, I mean, this is, yeah, this, yes, yes. And this is an honorable mention still because Pac-Man is not, especially when you go to the original um, Pac-Man games, like this is like, this is not a super deep character, but I've always, (laughs) I've always had a fondness for the game, but I also, I really get into character design and um, I think that like silhouettes with characters is super important. And I just think Pac-Man has such a limited um, they they had to work with so many limits on that original game graphically. And they created a character that's literally just a yellow pie chart like it's a yellow circle with a little mouth like pie piece that opens and closes and. I think that silhouette, that sort of pie chart Pac-Man silhouette is so iconic and memorable. And it's kind of a really genius thing they did where they made this shape that everybody can draw easily. And it just it gets burned in your memory. And it's uh, with the limits they had. And I think a lot of it's kind of by accident, but it's kind of a beautiful uh character design in that way so i just wanted to mention it but like i said the actual character of pac-man i could care less about it's just one of my favorite games i love the gameplay and i always thought the character design was really funny and convenient but also really good um in a weird way so yeah uh nice and uh i agree with you on the character design just because of when the game was created Mm -hmm. um so yeah, and I yeah. Now I'm thinking you're gonna have. Where our lists are gonna be very different. <laughs> um, so my first, uh, so my first uh, pick for uh, my honorable mention or my last honorable mention is Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Nice. Um, I got very. Um, how do I want to word this? I got very into. Uh, I'm not a big fighting game fan. But I've always been a fan of Mortal Kombat. When you ask me, like, what do you like better, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Uh, Mortal Kombat's the one I always liked better. But it was always, like, um, specifically the story of the game, like, the lore behind it. Each character's individual backstory and everything really got my attention. And I, like, kind of got invested in it in a little for a little while. Like, um, just, like, thinking about the concepts and everything. Um, Scorpion was always my favorite character, not just on a story level, but, like, on a design level. Like, I, and I know he's, like, very similar to, like, Sub-Zero in terms of design. But, like, I liked the color scheme. I liked his weapon choice. Like, I liked his special abilities. Like, there was so much to that. And then you throw in the backstory with it. Scorpion was always my favorite. So I don't have much more on Scorpion, but I just wanted to throw that one out there. So that was my first, that was my last honorable mention, but 
Yeah, no, I uh, I absolutely agree, and I think this is a great pick. Uh, Scorpion's awesome, and I think, uh, I mean, you've summed up a lot of the things that I like about the character, but um, since you were mentioning, um, you know, comparing him to Sub-Zero or Reptile, I think when you look at the lore of Mortal Kombat and how it's this, you know, it's this ancient uh, martial art tournament that consists of, like, battles to the death and stuff, I feel like... Scorpion, the way he looks just fits in that sort of environment so uh, seamlessly, you know, where Sub-Zero kind of it's a little bit um, more jarring when you have a guy who dresses in blue and can freeze stuff. But Scorpion really feels like he's from that weird ancient death tournament world, I guess. So, yeah, I, I think there's a really, really cool pick overall. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't wait because we got Mortal Kombat real soon, actually. Um, yeah, next week. Next week is Mortal Kombat. So how about that? Um, <laughs> uh, what do you got for your next uh, uh, ac- first actual pick, I guess? Yeah, so my first actual pick is a – this one's kind of weird um, because it's – well, it's another fighting game character. But this game I haven't played very much. I've only played it a couple times, but – I really love the characters in it, and I really love this character specifically, and that is uh, Lord Raptor from uh, Darkstalkers. Are you familiar with this character or game at all, Drew? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so so Darkstalkers. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So Darkstalkers is a Capcom uh, fighting game that's pretty similar in gameplay and animation and stuff as Street Fighter, but okay. Darkstalkers tries to take a more. Um, kind of like universal classic monsters approach. Like there's a character who is the equivalent of uh, the mummy. And then there's a Frankenstein character and there's vampires. And uh, they kind of created that, uh, like this crazy um, anime fighting game world based on the universal monsters. Um, sometimes I think that dark stalkers is a bit too colorful and some of the characters aren't scary enough for me, but some of them are just really cool. Um, Lord Raptor is a zombie character in this game. So he is basically this. He was basically a rock star who um, basically convinced the fans of his band to be in a death cult. (laughs) And he performed like his last show while he was alive. They performed like a mass ritual suicide. And because of that, he was like reincarnated as this crazy rock star zombie looking guy. And he uh, is working for like. I don't know all the lore in the game. He's like working for some like evil overlord. Like I said, I haven't played this game a lot, but I love this character and both appearance and like his backstory. I just think he's so he looks so cool and uh, his backstory is so cool. It's like the type of uh, character I wish I made up myself. Um, And he's kind of aesthetically, he kind of looks like this you know, skeleton faced zombie sort of character. Um, And he's shirtless and he always has a, um, a uh you know an electric guitar with him that he uses as a lot of like special moves and stuff and he's got spiked hair and his chest or i guess i should say like his belly (laughs) 
is also like a giant mouth with pointy teeth, which is a very weird, unexpected, but kind of interesting um, design choice. But uh, no, this is just a character I think is cool. Um, my friend uh, Mike is really big into the Darkstalker games, and he's kind of the one who introduced me to this character and a lot of the other Darkstalker lore. But um, no, this is just a really cool one. Like I said, I haven't played this one a lot, but I liked this character enough that he'll uh, make my list. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't know enough about this game, so I'm going to probably look at the character <laughs> so later when we're done talking. You, but. you would know Darkstalkers from some of the characters that were in the Marvel versus Capcom game. Um, oh, so okay. I think I think Morgan is one of the biggest characters known from it, and I think she's a vampire, but she's kind of... Uh, in the original Marvel versus Capcom, she's like the anime chick who... Uh, She's very scantily clad and she has like bat wings or like demon wings, um, if that sounds familiar. Um, And there's yeah. And there's a couple other characters that have been in other, uh, you know, the Marvel versus Capcom sequels and stuff like that. But that's probably where you would know uh, characters of this game from. So sure. Um, All right. Well, my next pick of the night is Solid Snake uh, from the Metal Gear franchise. Um, I really got. Um, back, this goes back to the uh, Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation 1. Um, Solid Snake is awesome. I got really invested into that story as well. Like That was one that like I just couldn't stop playing. And when I like you finish the game and you play it again, you're like, let's just start over and play again. The story was awesome. Um, that's a game that I've always wanted to go back and play, but I've always been like, can you guys do like an updated reboot of that game? Like, <laughs> um, As opposed to... Yeah, like, why not? Like that should be that the original uh, Metal Gear Solid should be rebooted, I think. Um, Well, updated graphics and stuff. But um, I really enjoyed it. And it's really just like a military like it's a military action thriller type game. But it's got a little bit of fantasy to it because you have like um, you have the guy with the psychic uh, abilities. I drawing a blank on his. Oh, Psycho Mantis. Yeah, um, I got blank on him and you have a uh, revolver ocelot as a like he was just a really cool villain. And you have like all these like uh, the characters are very comic booky in terms of like their code names and what they do. And like it's almost like they have special abilities, but they're not because they're just it's a military film. And you have Sniper Wolf because she's a sniper. You know what I mean? Like there's some just a really cool elements to the game. And like the story itself is really cool in terms of like that simple military thriller in terms of like there's a nuclear weapon on the base we're going to go in and take down the nuclear weapon and when you get there you find out it's more than just a nuclear weapon and there's a conspiracy behind it and so on and so on like it's just a very well crafted story uh so yeah solid snakes my next pick for the night so (laughs) absolutely well we actually matched on this one um i picked solid snake i was actually going to probably save him for a bit but uh no we totally matched and this is I don't know what to say since you've uh, talked a lot about the game and the character right now, but I remember first playing Metal Gear Solid on um, the, the original PlayStation, and I think it really changed my perspective on what a video game could be and the type of stories they could tell. And um, I was just always struck by the way that the game felt like just this badass uh, action movie, and I had never experienced anything like it. And I think... Solid Snake as a character is one of the first video game characters I've really taken seriously in that regard um, with that sort of uh, movie level uh, reverence for um, just, you know, how serious and uh, 
you know, how, how great the story storytelling could be. So, um, I don't really know what else to say about it. I know you talked a lot about the game, but no, this is a great, pick. yeah, there's uh, several, yeah. like the one I always, I never got a chance to play it. Um, but, uh, the last metal gear solid, the phantom pain, um, I really wanted to play and it got, it got really high reviews. So I'm kind of thinking I might try and play that. It's probably really cheap right now for me to get my hands on, but, um, that was the last one that came out and yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that throws it back to me then, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one on my list is Trevor Belmont. Um, <laughs> and why you laugh? I've, I have a funny story about Trevor, but, uh, keep going. Oh, uh, all right. Um, I, uh, so I really enjoyed the final, the final fantasy Castlevania games back in the day. Um, Back, like, the first one I played was Castlevania 3 on the original Nintendo, and that was Simon Belmont. And I just really enjoyed the lore, the the vampire hunting, the weapons, using the whip and all that stuff. And then as the story progressed, eventually you get to meet Trevor Belmont. And I always liked Trevor better than I liked Simon, ultimately. Um, and then Trevor ends up being the main character for uh, the Castlevania series itself on Netflix. Um, but I just really enjoyed the characters uh, of that series and the story involved um, the I've always been fascinated with vampire lore anyway. Uh, so like whether you're, whether it's in Castlevania or you're watching a movie or actually like reading about vampire lore, um, I've always thought it's been fascinating. And uh, so this character, just the idea of vampire hunting and stuff, it's just, it's just so much fun. So uh, I want to hear your funny story about Trevor though. You kind um, of off a little bit. No, no, I, <laughs> I actually got mixed up. I was thinking of, um, isn't it Trevor from, uh, there's Trevor from the Grand Theft Auto games. Uh, yeah. You know who that is? That's who I was thinking of. And then as soon as you started talking about Castlevania, I was like, oh, Belmont. Okay. I'm wrong. I'm Trevor. Wrong. I was thinking, <laughs> yes, I was thinking of the wrong Trevor. So I guess I can still tell the story. Um, so, uh, my wife, um, the, one of the first, uh, parties I brought to her to, to like introduce her to like my group of friends was a Halloween party. And, uh, one of my friends for Halloween dressed as Trevor from, um, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and so if you know, Trevor, he's like, you know, just kind of wears nondescript clothing and he's covered in like stains and just looks really dirty. And, uh, she didn't know that he was in a costume. <laughs> So she was just really weirded out. Like, does he ever change his clothes or shower? (laughs) (laughs) And I just always thought that was really funny. So um, that's what I I was reminded of. Um, In regards to Castlevania, I actually did think of this one because um, I haven't played a ton of the Castlevania games, but uh, I really did love the uh, Netflix series, even though I still need to watch season three and it's definitely a crime on my part. But uh, no, I, I think this is a good pick and stuff. Um, but like I said, I know this character mostly from the anime and not from the games. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, there's actually um, on Xbox One, there is if you go to um, if you go to the store, if you go to the Microsoft store and look up Castlevania, they have a Castlevania that. It's really cheap. I picked it up because I was like, oh, heck, yeah, this is awesome. Um, it's basically um, it's it's not Symphony of the Night. It's I don't remember what I cannot remember the subtitle on it, but it's meant to be like a multiplayer where they literally give you like a castle, like chapter one. It's like the castle and you can see the whole map of the castle and then you can zoom in. And then it's literally like 
you just try and get through the castle uh, under the time limit, and then they give you the next castle. And it's just it's a side scroller Castlevania craziness, and it's really difficult, but it's so much fun. And you're just like, crap, I died. Well, got to try that again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just really good stuff. So anyway, yeah. So I'm a big Castlevania fan, if you can't tell. So um, you're up, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next pick is pretty weird, but I went with uh, Wario. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. So I, I, um, I'm not like a hardcore Nintendo fanboy, but um, I do love uh, the Mario games. But especially when you go back into the classic like NES and Super NES games, I really love those. But and I don't know why I've always really liked Wario just as a character. Um, and I, I really don't know what it is. I think it's because I do enjoy those classic Mario games, and he's just the weird wicked evil version of mario um drew i remember back in the day you had uh was it super wario land or i can't remember the name of the game on game boy but uh, i remember borrowing that from you and playing it a ton yeah i remember borrowing that from you and playing it a ton and i uh i always really really enjoyed the character but since then it's just kind of this thing where when i play mario kart most of the time i pick wario and wario is actually kind of a hard player to uh hard character to play as on uh mario kart because he's one of those characters where if you wipe out he will take a while to get back to full speed but if you're good enough to not wipe out you know you'll end up being faster than everybody um and uh i i don't i play with i play him uh in super smash brothers sometimes but uh he's kind of just a weird like go-to for me and i don't know what it is but i just always loved his uh his character design and his voice and just kind of how obnoxious he is and stuff and how, like, I don't know, he's a villain and he's both like, he has a little bit of that badass level, but at the same time, you just kind of really want to laugh at him and his design and stuff. So I don't know what it is. It's hard for me to put a finger on exactly what it is, but uh, no, I just always liked Wario a lot. I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, the evil Mario, um, the Super Mar- Super Wario Land uh, video game was absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I've always been more of a, um, I've always been more of a Mario fan when I have to put the two together. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, no, that's cool. Um, yeah. All right, goes back to me. Yeah. All right. So my next one is Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely love Final Fantasy VII. Um, Cloud is obviously the uh, staple character that everyone is like, yeah, Cloud's awesome. Um, but the story behind Cloud, the fallen soldier, the or fallen soldier turned mercenary, the you know. Um, trying to put the pieces of his life back together, but still deal with his demon inner demons and all that stuff, the way they handle the story. And like, if you play final fantasy seven remake, the, it's just be like the original game is amazing, but the remake is just beautiful in terms of like some of the slight changes to the storytelling, but ultimately it's the same story. Um, cloud is one of those, uh, anti heroes, if you will, he's very good at brooding in the corner, like a Batman or whatever. Um, and then he's got that massive buster sword, which is like a staple, like signature, uh, uh, icon to like the final fantasy universe. But I've always liked uh, cloud. Um, I don't know if you have any experience with final fantasy. I feel like between the two of us, I've played the final fantasies and you have not. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I never played the games. Um, 
you know, I've watched some of the uh, tertiary like Final Fantasy movies and stuff, um, including like Advent Children. And I thought Cloud was really badass in that movie. Um, actually, when I watched that movie, the way the fight scenes are uh, depicted and choreographed or however you want to phrase it, like I think are it's I actually love like the fight scenes in that movie. Like that movie might have my favorite fight scenes ever in it. When I really think about it, like they're so bombastic and just like, there's so many crazy concepts in uh, those fight scenes, but I've never, uh, I kind of came to the JRPG game like a little bit late. Um, I remember a few years back, I was playing uh, the legend of dragoon a lot um, on my old, old PlayStation. Cause I found it at a goodwill and uh, I really loved that game. Um, and since I enjoyed that game so much, I've kind of been wanting to go back and revisit some of these old final fantasy games and stuff. Um, but even though I've kind of been a, uh, I've kind of appreciated the final fantasy games from afar because I really do love seeing the games and their graphics and the really beautiful worlds they create. And as well as just the character designs in these games, like, uh, like I said, I'm not like a hardcore fan. I haven't played a lot of them, but cloud and, uh, Sephiroth I've always, really appreciated from uh kind of i guess a far like more casual way but no i think cloud has a has a very uh striking design his buster sword is just super iconic uh the same thing with sephiroth like both of those characters have very iconic memorable silhouettes and that's where it comes back into the character design thing for me where I think silhouettes are super important. And it's just like, if you see the shadow of cloud, you know exactly who it is. And I think it's just brilliant character design. And from what I know of the characters, I really enjoy them. Um, maybe someday I'll, I'll go to play these games, but, uh, that, uh, I guess that we'll just wait to wait to see that part. But, uh, yeah, no good pick overall. Well, that being said before, uh, I throw it back to you. Um, if you if you do play those games, you do not have to play them in order. It's not like play Final Fantasy one on because yeah. they're, they're all episodic. They all kind of take place in their own. Um, my favorite Final Fantasies are seven, 12, 15 um, and tactics. Now, tactics, I understand, is a specific kind of game that a lot of people like, you know, I get like our brother Scott used to be like, really, how can you play this game? But it's awesome. Um, but those are I've- my. But I've seven, argued 12, with Scott seven, about the the turn based thing. Yeah, like seven, seven, twelve, and fifteen are my favorites of the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, so, yeah, uh, twelve. Nice. You can twelve if once you understand how the combat, like, because it's a special, it's a different kind of combat system in twelve. But when when you figure it out, it's and you have the patience. To, if you take the time to really see what they're doing with the combat system. You'll be like, wow, this is cool. And then you get really sucked in because you're invested in the story to begin with. And then, you know, the combat's nice and smooth and easy. And, you know, so it's strange at first, but then you're like, oh, I see how they're like what they're trying to do with it. So it's cool. Um, Yeah, man. All right. What's your number two for the night? Okay, so um, I guess I'll go with another kind of goofy platformer one. But I picked uh, Spyro the Dragon, who Ah. I've talked about on the podcast before, but this is a game where um, I remember getting the original PlayStation and that was uh, in our whole household. That was like the first video game system that we had. And uh, I remember getting Tony Hawk and getting Spyro the Dragon. And I feel like for a while, those were the only two games that I had. And I just played 
a ton out of both of those. And uh, no, Spyro is a character I've always liked. I always think that uh, he doesn't really, I think, get enough credit when it comes to the sort of platformer mascot sort of video game world um, where I've always thought he was one of the cooler ones, but I think he's just overshadowed by the, uh, you know, a lot of the Nintendo characters, but I just, I always thought Spyro was cooler than uh, crash bandicoot. And I think it's just because he's a dragon and he can fly and glide. And he has that sort of fantasy landscape, which I think is really fun. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if, um, if I have too much more to say about this one than that, but uh, no, I just always enjoyed the character. I always enjoyed the games and uh, the character design and stuff like that. And uh, if you can tell by my list, I, I tend to lean more cartoony and stuff that I like. So that's no, pretty evident good. this time, uh, one, but uh, yeah. One that I'm not, one that didn't make my list, but I absolutely love is uh, uh, Sly Cooper, um, the raccoon thief, uh, like, uh, Master Master Thief game series. That's I love that series. Those those character designs are really cool too. So I totally understand what you're talking about in terms of the uh, cartooniness. Uh, the only Spyro I played was the original, and I just remember having a lot of fun playing it. So I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> just remember yeah. enjoying that game. Um, Absolutely. All right. So my number two is Link from the Legend of Zelda. Um, this goes back to childhood fascination. I was so like, I absolutely loved the legend of Zelda from the original game to the sequel. Um, the sequel as weird as it was, I still enjoyed it. Um, and then you roll into like the first time I could have it on the game boy. And like, I played that game for endless hours. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my favorite one is the legend of Zelda, um, for the super Nintendo, but it's just those they're fantastic, fantastic games. But Legend of Zelda or Link in terms of video games was one of those first characters. He was like one of the first heroes for me in terms of video game uh, characters. Um, you know, like I've always been a Batman fan, but that's like my first comic book or superhero character. You know what I mean? Or uh, when you look at like Star Wars, I had Luke Skywalker, who was the first one that I gravitated towards. Uh, Link is the first video game character I really like gravitated towards and just absolutely loved. Maybe it was the sword. Maybe it was the adventure he was on. I don't entirely know, but um, I've always been a Legend of Zelda fan and uh, Link is just awesome. Um, he's one of my go to characters when I play uh, Smash Brothers uh, and I'm really good with him. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so I don't know if you have anything on Legend of Zelda, but uh, Link was my second pick for the night. <laughs> Well, he's I've uh, played him a lot in, on Smash Brothers as well. I'm I'm probably not as good at him as you are, but I think um, whenever I play Smash Brothers, usually I just pick the character with the sword that nobody else picked just because I love, you know, sword fighting, I guess, um, you yeah. know, when I'm not when I'm not playing as Wario. But um, no, I think uh, Link definitely was one of the one of the characters I was thinking about putting on my list. Um, I haven't played a lot of the recent Zelda games, but uh, some of those older ones, um, like I remember you had this game on Game Boy, and I remember borrowing that and playing that and thinking it was awesome. And then uh, I, I have the SNES and uh, NES Classic, and there's the Legend of Zelda games on those. And when I first got got those consoles i was just playing you know the original zelda and the uh like you mentioned the super nintendo one which i can't remember the subtitle for it right now oh, but that uh, would be uh, link to the past yes yeah and that uh especially that super nintendo one that one's just like it's again like they were working with limits but it's just such a gorgeous game um and i always loved how the legend of zelda games are like 
they're technically like a action adventure game, but there's just enough sort of RPG elements to give it that really good sort of like story feel to it, um, which I've always appreciated. I think with Link, um, I've always seen him in my head as kind of a placeholder, like where I would just be imagining myself in Link's shoes anytime that I've played as him. And that's kind of one of the only reasons he didn't make my list was just I always thought of him as a placeholder, which I'm sure in some of the newer Zelda games, like they flesh out his character a lot more. But that's just kind of the way I've always thought of him. And that's why when we're talking like top five favorite video game characters, I really was trying to find characters with something unique that I related to and stuff like that. And uh, oh. not trying to knock on your pick at all. Like, I, I think this is an awesome pick, but that's just personally like why he didn't make my uh, well, top five. Well, Link for me also goes back to the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> Super Show. Uh, back when I was a kid, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that, was, that was a cartoon you watched. And every single week it was Mario, Mario, Mario. And I knew Friday was Legend of Zelda day. because <laughs> every, They'd start the show normal, but then Friday was when they'd give you the Legend of Zelda cartoon. And you got more adventures of Link and Zelda in the world of Hyrule. And I loved it. And I was always like, can we just do the Legend of Zelda show? Come on. Yeah, uh, that's. it sounds like Friday <laughs> was a much better day. <laughs> Yeah, that's really was. funny. Yeah. That's cool, though. And like, I liked the Mario stuff, but it was weird and everything. And you're just like, can I just have Legend of Zelda? Because it's fantastic. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so what's your last pick for the night, man? So I actually should have <laughs> should have picked this, said this one earlier because it matches um, one of your honorable mentions. And I think I saved him because I wanted to keep him higher up on the list because he's just that badass. But I picked Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> awesome. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about I don't I don't know if we were talking about the Mortal Kombat movie or what it is, but I mentioned that I thought Reptile was my favorite ninja from Mortal Kombat. And uh, welcome, like while compiling this list, I kind of realized that I think Scorpion is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. And even though I love Reptile because I love the reptilian monster sort of aspect, I think Scorpion's just a lot cooler and a lot more iconic. And uh, what I was saying earlier, where he just fits in the Mortal Kombat world so well, um, and he's just got a striking design and he catches your attention and he's just really badass. Um, I don't know. This is another character that I don't know a ton about. I've just always loved him. I know there's that uh, on HBO Max, there's that Scorpion animated movie that I think you said you watched, Drew, and that keeps coming up after movies that I watch on HBO Max as like a uh, suggested watch, and I need to watch that soon, but uh, no, Scorpion's it's, just it's cool. The like, most, it's probably the bloodiest cartoon I've ever watched, but it's awesome. Interesting. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> There was a while where I was like seeking out really gory animated movies. <laughs> so I was watching like, wow. you know, like Ninja Scroll and stuff like sure. that. But then you can go into like Fist of the North Star. And there's a lot of really gory anime stuff, but I was kind of seeking it out. So I'm kind of curious how the Scorpion cartoon stacks up to some of the other stuff I've seen. But at the same time, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. So you want it to be really gory and brutal and stuff like that. So that's actually good to hear. So I don't know if you have any thoughts, final thoughts on Scorpion drew, or if you just I, want to kind of jump into your final I, pick I only because I talked about him earlier. So yeah, awesome that he made your list. Uh, my final pick and uh, it's no surprise to you because I haven't talked about him yet. And that's the master chief. Um, 
the uh, I've, I'm a huge Halo fan. It's the franchise that I use as a trigger pull to buy new systems when it's like, oh, the only way I can play that game is if it's on the new system, so I have to go get it. Um, Halo is like my Star Wars of video games. Um, it didn't get me into video games, but it basically reignited my interest in video games and when I the, the realizing what the potential of them are. Um, but when you look at the Master Chief alone, his design aesthetic from the original game all the way to current for the game coming out uh, later this year, um, it just it's a phenomenal suit of armor. It's one of those things like it's a coveted suit of armor when you think about stormtroopers or Boba Fett or something like that with a piece of armor. The Master Chief, the Spartan armor is such an amazing look um, and it's iconic look at the same time. But then you dig into the story and you find out about how like the kids, the soldiers were grown like I don't I want to I guess grown is not a good word because they're not clones but they were trained from kids like they were taking the kids from like not infancy yet but like that young five six seven age and then like put into the training program to become the Spartans that they are and when you dig into the actual backstory and the lore and then with the alien invasion from the covenant and everything it's just fascinating and the master chief being the you know the big character that everyone you know wants to be um uh, it's I, I just really like got into that franchise and really got like sunk my like awe and wonder into the franchise and it really made me like dive into the fiction of it anyway. But uh, yeah, Master Chief's my last pick for the evening. So thoughts? that's awesome. <laughs> um, no, I mean the Master Chief is really awesome. Um, this is another one that and I've played a lot less of the halo games than you have i'm more of a uh halo multiplayer type guy <laughs> like whatever the new game is i'll play a lot of the multiplayer with my brothers and friends but uh i haven't played through a lot of the campaigns besides like the early ones um and it's kind of partially because of his design because they put Ma master chief in a mask so everybody could imagine themselves in his place but he's another one where i've always seen him a little bit more as a placeholder but i also know that was a perp they did that on purpose and it's actually kind of a genius move um as far as the designers that, that worked on uh, the original halo game like they wanted a character that you could see yourself as as opposed to i don't know duke nukem and other you know shooter main characters that have came before master chief master chief was one that you see that suit and um it's just one of those things that anybody can imagine themselves in uh, Master Chief's place. So I think that's actually a really brilliant thing. Um, if I would have thought about that a little bit more than just now while I'm spitballing, that Master Chief might have actually made my list, to be honest. So <laughs> I definitely like this pick a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know too much else to say, you know. Oh, it's Great all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, how about this? What are we doing next week? Because it's your pick, so... Yeah, so I was thinking about um, we just did the uh, top five uh, Brad Pitt movies and we had a couple jokes about The Vanisher from Deadpool 2. And uh, just with that, and the before you say, dude, there's not many Invisible Man movies out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually more than you think. No. Um, yeah, right. But then then think about that and the Snyder Cut and some of the other stuff we've been talking about lately. I thought it'd be fun to do our top five favorite movie cameos 
So basically just a cameo role in any movie um, that kind of took you by surprise or that you really loved. Um, and I think it, it should be a, somebody who's like very like it shouldn't be some like the star of the movie. It should be something that takes you by surprise and a character that's only in there for a couple of scenes. Like I, I was thinking about it and we can talk more about this. I don't know if you'll agree with me, Drew, but I feel like David Bowie and the prestige is probably like the longest cameo, I would think, because he's in there a decent amount of time, but it's still not the majority of the movie. And he's kind of a really surprise role, um, but it shouldn't be somebody who's like shows up halfway through and they're there for the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? We're looking for right. like an actual cameo as opposed to like <laughs> one of the main characters, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am totally down for this, but this is going to be a hard list. So it is. But then yeah. I always go by like the feeling in my gut where, where I think of like, what are my favorite cameos? And a lot of the a lot of times the uh, the ones I think of off the top of my head, a lot of times those are my favorite ones. So um, and I did want to limit this to movies because I was thinking sure. if we opened this up to TV shows, <laughs> I mean, it would, there's just an endless amount of like celebrities making appearances on TV shows and stuff. But uh, no, I just thought this list would be fun. Uh, albeit daunting as you just pointed out, but uh, I thought this would be a fun one to do. This will be a hot, this will be a tough one, but uh, yeah, this will be a good list. Um, but yeah. All right, man. Sounds good to me. Um, nice. That's what we're doing next week, everybody. So uh, Peter, you ready to, this is another episode in the can, if you will. Right uh, on. So uh, let's close this out. So do us all a favor, everyone. Check out our website, topfivereport.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, topfivereport at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. And if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you can also leave us a review. We understand. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I will continue my search for a larger form of the candy dots, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that after eating that, you would also be able to eat ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And restore the Snyderverse, everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you next week.